0: Money FM eighty nine point three. Good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It is time now to take a look at headlines coming out of the region and our regional roundup. So we've got highlights of uh, Singapore Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong's visit to Malaysia. We also have former Malaysian Prime Minister Najib Razak applying for a royal pardon, and UN's Myanmar special envoy vowing to not visit the country again unless she's allowed to meet ousted leader Ms Aung San Suu Kyi. Let's get more analysis uh, from a good friend of ours, Dr. Felix Tan, political observer at Nanyang Technological University. Dr. Felix, good morning. Very good morning to you. Bit of drama, bit of excitement. Let's see uh, if we can work this out. So first, our Deputy Prime Minister, Lawrence Wong, he's also our Finance Minister in Malaysia for a four-day working visit. I think today is the last day. Uh, He talked a lot about relationship building, why it's so important, this whole notion of we are neighbours after all. What were some of the highlights for you? I think uh, some of the highlights really
1: is talking about you know how to continue this good relation between the two countries. I think that is very important. But you know, by and large, I, think, I do believe that this visit by DTM Lawrence Wong to Malaysia is really an opportunity for him to introduce himself in person to his counterparts in Malaysia. And I think that is very, very important. After all, this is all in line with preparations for Lawrence Wong to eventually take over the reins. For on PM Lee. And I think you will see you know, over the last couple of weeks and what you know, PM Lee has been talking about and what they have been doing, it's really passing the baton over to you know uh, Lawrence Wong. And I think you know, this visit will serve as a good connection to establish uh, diplomatic relations and also to strengthen ties between the two countries, especially before you know uh, DPM Wong takes over the premiership. So it is not so much really the issue at hand, you know, because there are already talks ongoing, but more also about leadership transition and i think that is much more important and symbolic in this visit
0: Yeah, I got to hand it to Mr. Wong. I mean, he's saying all the right things, you know, from encouraging the younger ministers to visit Malaysia. As you mentioned, building the personal relationship, meeting the king, uh, a bit of entertainment, talking about chickens. But selfishly, I need to talk about the uh, Singapore KL high-speed rail. Discontinued. I know you and I, 90 minutes to KL, why not, right? What are the odds that this career starts? I might
1: be a realist in this perspective, but it's quite a long shot in that. I mean, there are definitely and certainly some segments in both governments that would definitely welcome the resumption of talks, and also to see some fresh proposals for uh, this discontinued Singapore KL high-speed rail or the HSR project. I think at this point in time, many are also feeling very cautious. After all, those that were very strongly against the HSR, especially from the Malaysian side, are still very much around, and Exerting quite a fair bit of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say both countries can be hopeful, can or at least remain hopeful in the meantime. And I think we just have to wait and see. You know, for the time being, you know what are some of the proposals. And of course, they will have to take into consideration many other factors, and not just the monetary aspect. I mean, you know, after all, Malaysia made quite a huge payout because. of them pulling out of this uh, deal. But also, I think, importantly, is the political factors uh, in Malaysia. And now, especially when a
0: possible general election is looming in Malaysia. Yeah, we can all continue to hope, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, on to more serious stuff. Uh, Former Malaysian Prime Minister Najib Razak. Now, apparently, he's applying for a royal pardon. What are the odds here? Are there certain things that he needs to fulfill in order to be able to get this? Okay. First and foremost, the petition for a royal pardon uh, was filed within
1: 14 days of the federal court's decision, and hence, uh, you know, Najib is still able to continue as a member of parliament or MP until all avenues for that for appeal. Have been exhausted. So, you know, uh, yeah, as such, Najib can still remain as MP unless his petition has been denied, and this is under the Malaysian law. So, uh, I think that's why he is still an MP at this point in time. The royal pardon itself would be the last step of any appeal. So, if it's being rejected, then he will lose his seat. And I think you can see this similar in uh,
0: the Anwar Ibrahim case right, uh, yeah. a, a few years back. Yeah. Right. Uh, just trying to dive into a bit of the political side of things. Firstly, how long will this process likely take? Mm-hmm. There are really no hard and fast rules ah. as to when the royal
1: pardon will take. Uh, that The Sultan or the Agong simply makes a decision as to who when and how he wants to give the royal pardon. So if you look at the Anwar Ibrahim case I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. now after years of serving jail time and using his seat, Anwar Ibrahim only managed to get a royal pardon in 2018. And that was because the opposition won big time, you yes. know, in the We've last generation. election. Promises, promises, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so basically, the Sultan has that sort of discretionary power. Of course, with the advice from the parole board to grant or not to grant a pardon to Najib. So we must understand that the Sultan is not really a judge in this perspective when he gives out a royal pardon. So there are really no guarantees to, uh, whether you know, or when Najib will actually get an out-of-jail ticket.
0: So I'm kind of, to be fair, trying to be funny here when I ask that because I'm (laughs) bearing in mind the potential for an election coming up. And then Mm. there's this new piece of news with regard to Mr. Najib's daughter saying that uh, the former PM is undergoing treatment for recurring stomach-related ailment. I don't know. Sympathy can be a very powerful thing. I mean, these incidents are very common.
1: You know, every politician will will definitely use you know these sort of means to get sympathy votes every now and then again. Yeah. I, I think we have seen it in the past as well. Again, back to the Anwar Ibrahim case. I mean, they did it. I mean, his daughter was claiming that he was abused, uh, physically mm, yes. abused in, yes. by the prison guards. We have seen photos, photos over the yeah. years, you know, and it just goes on and on. And yet, you know, uh, there was no royal pardon. You know, things. So, I mean, they will definitely tap. I mean, politicians being politicians, they will tap onto that sort of sympathy votes not only you know to get an appeal but also to portray to the electorate you know that they are going through a difficult time and you know uh, that they should be uh, released from prison as soon as possible because of health matters I think Najib's case is also of, of a certain concern not just within the political arena but also to many Malaysians I mean uh, you know at this point I think the Sultan or you know the Agong would be caught in quite a bind to grant or not to grant Najib a royal pardon I mean Uh, After all, the case of the matter is rather different from the Anwar case as well, so this time around is siphoning you know the government's money
0: you know so there are lots of things that he will have to consider yeah, Malaysian's point of view as well right there seems to be a lot of movement with regard I mean we have been talking about mm-hmm. the potential for an election key political parties holding meetings we see a budget three weeks earlier than planned that mm-hmm. didn't go according to plan I mean looking at the potential state of play uh, and again potential what mm-hmm. will parties like amno uh, party Riot. What will be going through their head right now? What's the potential action plan for them?
1: I think definitely the two political parties right now is you know preparing themselves or have already prepared themselves for a general election I think bear in mind that you know over the last couple of years as well, I think they have always been talking that you know about a possible you know general election. Yeah. You know whether they will push forward and everything. Yeah. But I think you know AMNO has been in this game for the longest time, and I think that they are very much prepared to go and head to head with a PKR. Uh, and, and in any case, we need to understand that Malaysian politics is really based on coalitions rather than on single political yeah. parties. So it's not so much of whether the UMNO or PKR. I think it's also all the other parties like DAP, MCA, Gerakan, and all those that matter as well. And I think also one more factor is Mahathir Mohamad's party, his new party, Pajuang. So
0: I think we have to look at that as a whole as well. Yeah, that one uh, will get our attention for sure when the time comes. Uh, finally, Dr. Felix, uh, let's mm-hmm. talk about UN's uh, Myanmar Special Envoy uh, Nolene Hazan. I think we spoke about her the last time. Uh, mm-hmm. She's about not to visit the country again unless she's allowed to meet the ousted uh, former leader Aung San Suu Kyi. Have we heard anything as far as the response is concerned? And what are the chances that, you know, her wish will actually be granted? I think at this point, it's very quiet, and mm-hmm. I think I mean, online, or oh, the military junta
1: is not responding to her request at all. You know, And I think, of course, he yeah, has said that it was the judicial processes that they had to take place and everything. So I do not really think that there will be much of a probability or any probability that Ms. Hazel will ever get to meet Aung San Suu Kyi, unless the military junta gets overthrown. Mm-hmm. So even as we speak, more trump-up charges are being put on Aung San Suu Kyi, mm-hmm. and so that will only increase her prison time significantly. And of course, uh, secondly, the military is rather belligerent and will probably never allow anyone to near Aung San Suu Kyi. So essentially what the military junta wants to do is that they want to erase the memory of Aung San Suu Kyi Mm. completely and utterly from its political narrative within the country. So uh, one can hope that the likelihood of Ms. Asa ever going back or meeting up with Austin cheese is zero
0: to none. All right. been speaking with Dr. Felix Tan, political observer Nanyang Technological University. Dr. Felix, I appreciate your time as always. Take care. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.